Hello and a warm welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I'm here today with Katie. Hi Katie. Hi Chops. <laughs> for the lovely listener, can you tell us what it is you do for a living? Well, at the moment, I am the landlady and custodian of the Bertie Arms in Uffington, which, for those of you who don't know, is a little tiny thatch pub in deepest, darkest South Lincolnshire. It is, it is. I love the fact that you said at the moment. Well, <laughs> maybe we're going to come on to that. Um, and how long have we been doing that for? We have been here since April 2017, so that will be... Six and a half years. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> that is... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, a lot's happened to both of us in that time. <laughs> um, okay, so this is where I then track right back and we go, Katie, young school, college, what were you like? What were you into? Mm, I think, truth be told, I was a bit of a nightmare. I loved school. Okay. School was my happy place. It was the place where I got together with my friends. Um, it was the place where I played sport. It was place where we had all our fun perhaps not a lot of schoolwork went on right so academia wasn't yeah as as every single school report said katie's very able katie should try harder. right katie's very able um you know i think i always had the ability but not always the incentive and, yeah yeah and actually i was too busy too busy having fun to really worry about grades Okay. And your parents, were they like? Mm, well, they were always a little bit miffed, you know. They were always thought that I could have tried harder, but I had a great relationship. Well, yeah. My mum's still around. My dad passed away about 11, 12 years ago. Um, and me and my dad were sort of cut of the same cloth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're having fun and life's going your way, crack on. Brilliant. Absolutely. Okay. Right. So, yeah, so I did okay um, in GCSEs. A-levels, a bit of a write-off. I think A-levels, you just do them at the wrong time, don't you? you 17, do. 18. What did you pick? What did you do? Uh, I changed my mind so many times. So I started with um, psychology, English and communication studies. Gosh, that's not bad for what you do now, yeah, though, is it? Yeah, not bad. But then I got behind on my English literature coursework. Yeah. So then I swapped that and did a, um, a sort of introduction to nursing course because okay. that was a much um, lower effort required. <laughs> Um, so I managed to scrape through with my A-levels. I think I got, not dreadful, I think sort of CCB or something That's like okay, that. Blimey. But they weren't, they weren't the most academic. Um, and then decided that I actually quite like nursing. I quite like wow. spending time with people. Um, I wasn't particularly caring, but I, um, <laughs> but I liked people and I wasn't squeamish and I was quite excited about the drama of going to, okay, yeah, to nursing yeah. um, college. So tracked off to Addenbrooke's in the end to do my nursing degree. So this is 18? Uh, 19. 19. I took a 19. year out. Gap year. So I, I was, well, wasn't a gap year then. <laughs> they didn't have them. Um, I was supposed to do the end, the last of the old nursing qualifications um, and I was supposed to go to Bart's in London. Um, but they cancelled it and went on to the Project 2000 system and then Addenbrooke started a degree Wow, post. okay. So took a year out. Worked for my dad, who um, was a second-hand car salesman, so I sold second-hand oh cars. God, you would be amazing <laughs> at that. So I loved it. I bet you sold a ton of cars, didn't you? <laughs> um, and, yeah, had a year doing that, and then went off to Addenbrooke's in 1993. Wow. I know, scary, yeah. isn't it? So you did to do a degree, you did a full degree? A, a, a qualified um, sort of 
converted it at the end. Yeah. So it started off as a project 2000, then they introduced the d- degree course. Um, so so how- yeah, that was, it ended up being a three year course. Um, yeah. And at the end of the three years, we were merging with Homerton University, which was one of the Cambridge universities in oh. in Cambridge. Um, and they were looking for a full-time member of the exec, student exec board to integrate nurses into university life. Right. Which I thought was perfect. Yeah. I, mean, so I took a year out as, on a sabbatical. I did some rotational nursing posts within it, sort of a couple of days a week, just to keep my, my registration current. But basically for what was supposed to be a year and then turned into 18 months, just organised parties. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I had, yeah, I was in Cambridge in total for about seven or eight years. Wow, okay. Um, In, in, properly in, in Cambridge. In, in Cambridge, yes. Oh, what a brilliant... And and also being paid to organise parties, which was just great fun and um, living in student accommodation brilliant so yeah cheapest chips yeah well most of it was subsidized so it was yeah it was a brilliant 18 months um and then i started a medical rotation at adam brooks um specializing in diabetes medicine and care of the elderly wow. so i did that for 18 Gosh, months I, what made you pick those as a... um i don't know i think I think because I'd done medicine on my rotation whilst I was doing my sabbatical, yeah, it was an easier place for me to get a promotion. Right. So okay. I knew that I wouldn't have to go back onto surgery, start again. Right. So it sort of worked. It was quite tactical. Yeah. Um, always enjoyed the sort of endocrinology and diabetes side of things. Just yeah, you know things have changed drastically since then. Yeah. But, gosh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And care for the elderly. I mean, how lovely. Yeah, I love care for the elderly. Everybody yeah. thought it was really dull, but I oh, there are hours and hours that I could listen to. To people, yeah. yeah. Although I have to say, we'll probably come on to it, but I did a return to nursing later on, um, and nursing's not the same as it was then. No. It's, oh, it's God, a no. different world. Yeah. Different world. So, so, yeah, I finished my 18 months rotation, then obviously paying Cambridge, wait, Cambridge rent prices, thought, I'm never going to be able to afford to buy anything in Cambridge. Yeah. So decided to head back to Stamford to look for a community job, sort of maybe at a practice or as a community nurse. Um, and happened to spend a little bit too long in the periwig. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and instead of getting a nursing job, I was offered um, a job there as assistant manager. Wow. So, um, yeah, so that sort of ended my first foray into nursing quite okay. abruptly when yeah, I realised yeah. actually I really loved hospitality. Yeah. I love everything about it. You know, it's hard work, but there's not a job that's more fun. Um, and yes, yeah, so I was at the Periwig for a couple of years. Um, and then the guys that own the need group, as it is now, not as it is, was then, bought a pub in Bourne and I'd grown up in Bourne. Um, and asked me if I'd like to go over and be the landlady over there. So I went over to Bourne and opened the pub as the landlady in 2002, 2003. Right. Something like that. So Until? Um, until, so it was just after we got married. So we got married in 2003. So I think probably 2000, and f- no, actually it was 2000, end of 2004. Um, I, we sort of decided that if I was going to be running pubs yeah. and James was going to be farming. Yeah. This was never the twain shall meet. Ships in the night. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So obviously, um, I did want to come back to Stamford as well. I had a great time in Bourne, but it was time to come back. Yeah, um, handed my notice in 
and got a new job selling wines and spirits. Oh. Um, and just not for me. Right. Not for me at all. I thought face-to-face -face selling or well, more think, kind of corporate? I think I thought I was going to be selling amazing products and fine wine and I was going to be yeah. sipping Dom Perignon and... Yeah, amazing. I really wasn't. I was, <laughs> I was arguing over 2p on the bottle with oh, right. trying to sell to, yeah, just different sorts of people. It, yeah. it just didn't, it just didn't sit. You didn't see the nice side of people in that no. kind of role. And, and I don't think, if the truth be told, I'm hard sales. I think I'm soft sales. Yeah. I don't think that I'm very good at nice. going in and fighting for, fighting for business. I want, you know, when we, when any suppliers here, I don't care about the odd couple of pence. I'm yeah. more about the people that I want to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was very much how I wanted to be treated. And it's it doesn't actually happen that easily, does it? But no. I've never done sales, so I had no idea. Wow. So that was a very short-lived career. I think that was probably about three months. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the day that I handed my notice in there, um, uh, about three days later, I found out I was pregnant. <gasps> So, <laughs> gosh, you're the second person that said that they handed their. Oh, are you the third? <laughs> this is almost like handed the notice and then found out they were pregnant. Yeah. I mean, what timing? I mean, well, and also embarrassing when I've just told you that I do actually sort of have a semi medical background. I was, <laughs> you didn't know. I was 12 and a half weeks pregnant when I oh, found you were out. Oh, really pregnant? <laughs> yeah, right. I was clueless, absolutely clueless. Oh. So, um, so yeah, so we ended up, I ended up without a job with no maternity pay, yeah. um, a new house that we'd just taken all the walls out of um, and that we were re going to convert and, and yeah, a baby due in about six months time. So yeah, so then that that was um, 2004. So, so you tried to figure out how... Yeah, 2004 and Ted was due to be born yeah. in 2005 and um, unfortunately on that November, December time, my husband's dad um, had an awful farming accident and um, lost both of his eyes and a large proportion of his face um, and was in hospital for a very long time. So um, it did feel a little bit like that had happened for a reason right. um, and it gave us the opportunity to support the family, to yeah. support James's dad and for James to get much more involved, involved in running the farm so yeah yeah gosh that's everything that's everything at once isn't yeah. it yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> although equally for james's parents i guess maybe knowing that a little one was on the way it's hope isn't it yeah. it's a bit of it's something positive well, in to be honest, a dark we time such, it was a dark place i mean for a week 10 days it was so touch and go as to whether or not he was actually ever going to make a recovery mm. um let alone what standard of life he would have he would have and obviously you know you know see him around the village you know he's an amazing chap he's in his 80s now he's, so positive yeah, absolutely, absolutely yeah and you can't that's either in you or it isn't i think yeah, isn't it absolutely. i think as you get older you realize that he he obviously believes that his faith yeah is what him through. yeah so. So Ted was born, and then you were sort of very much just sort of helping, supporting James. Yeah. So um, did you dally in anything else during? So those? I always did um, a bar shift a yeah. week, right from them Aww. being very, very small, and yeah. made sure that 
Um, it was. You needed that for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Apart from the bar shifts, I, I stayed at home. Yeah. I, I did a bit of work on the farm. I do an, an occasional tractor yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, I do a little bit of, my dad was still around at that point. So I do a little bit of car running from him, picking vehicles up, yeah. dropping them off. Yeah, I was basically. You were a support yeah. to everybody else. Yeah, well, and lots of hospital appointments and things like that. For yeah, yeah. Still. And then we saw an advert that the Bertie Arms Uffington was up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ooh, now. Oh. <laughs> now. We weren't, we weren't really in the market for a pub. No. We'd always just said, if it ever came up for sale, we'd certainly do our best to give it a go. Yes, but yeah, yeah. But didn't expect it to come for sale and certainly couldn't afford it. Yeah. In, in a fortunate for us turn of events, um, in order to have the mortgage approved, um, the mortgage company sent out a valuer. Right. And when the valuer came, went through... The books the and books, everything. The state of the building. Right. The state of repair, the fixtures and fittings. She actually valued the business at negative £150,000 of what it was advertised for. Wow. And was this valuation done for the person that was trying to buy it? For us. We'd oh, ask no, for, you, right. We'd you'd ask, ask for the valuation just to see what was, mortgage yeah, we could get. Yeah. Um, which changed the... Things quite a bit. Yeah. Got the keys on something like the 9th of March, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to be open for the Easter. Yes. And the Easter was... Like weeks, a month away. Five yeah. Weeks later. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But so, you were a woman with a plan, weren't you? Yeah, it was, um, it was a crazy five weeks. I'd always been really worried about, you know, turning 43 and putting on a bit of weight. And then all of a sudden I worked 18 hours knocking down walls, digging holes, yeah. breaking up car parks, smashing paving slabs. It was the best it PT was... I've ever yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we um, <clears throat> eventually opened on Friday, Good Friday, on the 17th, I think it was 17th of April, um, and we opened the doors. We didn't. The kitchen wasn't ready to go. We yeah. literally were just selling. Well, I think the paint was still wet. The carpet yeah. had been fitted that day, um, and we... Yeah, just telling people to be really careful to not stand too close to the walls, otherwise they'd end up with emulsion all over their yeah, skirts. Yeah, and you had people from the village helping yeah. out, didn't you? It was a oh, real my sort goodness. of... On that five weeks that we had from when we got the keys to when we opened, I cannot even begin to tell you how many people saved our ass. Yeah. You know, there were people turning up on Sunday mornings to pull horrible fiberglass insulation out of ceilings yeah, to rip up toilets that and been yeah. there for 40 years you know the the community support that we got was mind-blowing yeah, yeah. absolutely mind-blowing and we had three years of everything going amazing wow. wow this is good this is great um and then covid <laughs> you know and I can't even begin to think back to it now. It makes my brain scramble. I know. When and I it also and... feels like ages yeah. ago, but it wasn't. Yeah, no. It's... And the, the, it was like reconfiguring your life every three or four weeks, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I remember so clearly on the day that um, they actually told us to shut the pubs because it was the 20th of March and it was my birthday. Um, and we were supposed to be having burgers here and then we were all going into town to watch some dodgy band at Mama Liz's or something and and um 
it, they, they cancelled the gig and it was at about seven o'clock, Boris actually said, don't go to the pub. And you know that moment when you go, they've actually she said it. it. Yeah, they you were hoping. actually said, don't go to the pub yeah. and close tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it was also Mothering Sunday on Sunday. So we had 140 people booked in for Sunday lunch. We got everything You'd ordered. ordered. Food. Everything oh, was in the fridges. Gosh. Everything was ready to go. meeting of minds so we all sat down and we were like right there's five of us here we can phone around every single person on this list we can go to cash and carry we can buy takeaway stuff we can deliver we can do oh it, bless and, you. and lots of people came to collect we did yeah. a few deliveries on the on the mothering sunday and then by the monday we were up and running with um, take away every, every... Shut up. So hang on, it wasn't that quickly. I mean, I, obviously I was here, so I saw it, but it didn't feel... So that was the Friday. Yeah. By the Monday, you'd fa figured out. We'd done all our stuff for um, home deliveries. We borrowed a chilled van from the butchers who very kindly oh, lent it to us. Wow. We did takeaways every lunchtime and you evening. Did, yeah. We had all the slots allocated so that people could... Turn up. in, place their order, collect the food. We got all my systems. We were... Yeah. Bloody hell. It was, um, yeah, it was. And then that next 18 months was just a never-ending... Sort of on-off, on-off. Yeah. There were so many rules, so many rules. Yeah. It was impossible. And with everybody with the best will in the world, they're all very good at behaving and obeying rules when they have two pints. Yeah. And the time they get to four pints, and you're going, I'm really sorry, you, can't, you can only sit in groups of six people yeah. are going talking about and you're like going and also in the middle of all of that i actually thought i was going insane a properly properly losing the plot um i yeah i was very tearful i was highly strung i was very yeah. anxious um and obviously just put all of this down my sister was really ill my sister got diagnosed with um terminal cancer during lockdown um and all of this i just put down to stress until about six months later when i went to see um and my lovely, lovely GP, and she did a blood test, and I just had a really quick menopause as well. So right. in the middle of all of it, there was me through. thinking that I was on the edge of a mm. breakdown, um, and actually I'd had a super quick drop in all my hormones, and just so started HRT. Oh, my God. Really? What, what a game changer. Really? Yeah. Are we, talk, are we talking patches or...? Um, so, um, no, I always did progesterone tablets. Right. And then estrogel um, gel. Right. I didn't do the testosterone because I... It's a private consultation. Never actually got around to having it done. You, right. For some weird, weird reason, you have to pay if you want testosterone rather than... But it, can't that be a game changer, Yeah, though? it can, absolutely. And like, it's on my list. you've got to pay for it. On my list of things that I'm going to yeah. do one day yeah. is go and get a private referral. But, yeah. but yeah, the the estrogen and the um, and the progesterone, honestly... How long mm, did... When you started taking them, did they kick in then? Um, I had to titrate the doses a bit. Um, probably a, a really, really quick improvement wow. but to get back to where i felt i was vaguely me yeah, yeah probably about six months yeah okay so yeah but yeah i it's 
And at this point, you're still in COVID, aren't you? Yes. You're still going through. Yeah. So, it, so if that's like you're saying, that's like the beginning of, what's that then, 2022? 2021? 2020, end of 2021 One. was when we sort of got back into it. And then on that yeah. last Christmas of 2021 was when they started saying again, oh, be careful. Be I know. Careful. But thankfully, they they actually sort of let it go. After COVID, so all the all the chefs had probably, they'd worked through apart from that last bit when we were closed. But I think actually it just changed people's expectations. Yeah. So everybody that had been working, you know, we'd all done it for however many years of working, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. Five, six, seven days a week. And then lockdown was enforced and everybody was furloughed. Everybody went... Love this. Love this. this. Nice. I know. And then it started making people think, so, okay, I'm a head chef, I'm being paid, I don't know, say 35 grand a year. I picked a number out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I could probably earn just about that delivering. Yeah. And not working Friday, Saturday nights. You know, but also you'd got Brexit at the same time. Yeah. So you'd obviously got Lost. a load of... Um, Extra labour, lots yeah. of very talented people. Didn't that were really keeping affect, that kind of industry yeah, didn't running. Didn't really hit us quite so much in this little village pub scenario, but when you think about the, the way that the jobs fil- filter up or down, yes, yeah. you know, all of a sudden people are being sucked into jobs that are way too high for them. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's where we're at at the moment, I think, is from going from COVID, Brexit, cost of living crisis last year, which really, really stretched us i mean we we are price conscious but we're not we're not budget we're not budget at all but even the customers that we see on a regular basis who we think are comfortable you know a little bit of extra we're probably not seeing them like we like we used to you get people coming in maybe every Sunday, whatever it yeah. was, and it's now like once a month kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that's happened is that we've had to put prices up. In line be- with your prices. In line with going. our prices, in line with supplies. Staff increases. And then all yeah. of a sudden, every, now, all they're doing is upping the minimum wage. Week in, well, month yeah, in, month yeah. out. And I get it. People need to be able to afford, but that cost's going to come somewhere. Yeah. And that it's only going to come back to the bottom line. I and know. So, so what's been the absolute best part of... Let's focus on the pub. What's been the best part of it? Um, I don't know. There are there are special... You know, there's a huge, huge sense of pride when I see the, va- the village all gathered together, when everybody is in it and yeah. everybody's here and it's so much fun and so much laughter and on the whole a lot of joy yeah, you know yeah. we, we've always come up against opposition because there are people that have lived around here for 30 years yeah with a bad pub yeah. so they don't like the fact it's busy they don't like the it's fact, noisy yeah, yeah. there's lots of that but the over i think the overwhelming sense is Oh, God, yeah. it has it's been a such a... Yeah, yeah, very much so. So what's been the most challenging part? Obviously, yeah, COVID and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this, but I think I'm going to. Okay. But on the opening weekend, I know you know this story, and it's it's very sad, um, but I listened to your um, Mental Health Survivor yep. podcast the other day, and 
it really made me think the more times you could say it, the better. Yeah, yeah. So um, after we opened on um, the Good Friday, um, one of my very, very dear friends attempted to take her life in the pub on the bank holiday Sunday. Um, we were all here. Um, we were all, well, I, I was very busy and very tired, but we were all very much present yeah. in the moment and very much present in knowing that everybody was around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everything sort of fell apart in split seconds when nobody could find her. Yeah. Um, and just, as I said, hearing what, was it Annabelle? Like Annabelle, Annabelle yeah. when, when she spoke and she said it was her brother on yeah. that day that actually got to her. Intervened, yeah. At that time. Um, and it was the whole thing about the being calm and the being quiet and yeah. the being serene and the being... Um, and the decision was made. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want it to just say it again, you know, I, I, that moment has been through my mind so many times, whether or not there was anything anybody could have done, if there was something I could have done, if there was something... But when I look back at it, she was very calm. She was beautiful. On that afternoon, everything was as you would have wished it to be. Yeah. Because um, you were still kind of still getting stuff ready, yeah, weren't you? Everybody absolutely. was helping. You were still doing a bit of painting. It was and, still... and with the best, all the love in her heart, she came to help us yeah. to prep the garden, to do some painting. You know, as I now see, it was all part of a plan that that nobody knew you yeah. know um and i like, i'm very very at ease that it was here that she chose to do it because it means it wasn't at home it, it just... means it wasn't anywhere that anybody else needs to go yeah yeah um and it's yeah it's a safe place yes absolutely um and yeah just i often think you know that serenity that peace, that just be aware, just watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because she obviously did pass, yeah. sadly pass, not here and now, yeah. but she did yeah. later in hospital, didn't she? Yeah. So, and yeah, and um, weirdly, I've done a lot more CPR and um, life support in pubs than I've ever done in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there, there is one other happy thing, which I should say, which we had a gentleman who did have cardiac arrest in the car park. Wow. Um, and that was last summer. And um, we just had the defib fitted and Are we you... managed to bring him back. Wow. Okay. Um, what's next for you well, for the pub? Um, I'm still working out what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I think... I think I'll get my I'll find my grown up job soon. <laughs> the plan was the plan was always that the pub is obviously like my baby, but I don't want to be a landlady. Yeah, I'm fifty in March, chops. I can't believe Bloody it. Bloody hell! Fifty. Years she does old. not look well. There'll be a picture you can see. Um, doesn't look it. And I don't. I can't think about being a landlady for another ten years. Yeah. The pub it's full will, on. Yeah. The pub will always be here. The pub yeah. will always be ours, and we'll always have an interest in it. But I love, love, love a manager, general yeah, manager who looks yeah. after everything. And then I could do maybe two nights a week behind yeah. the bar, yeah. something like that. Um, we, I don't, I, I, my, my absolute passion is fundraising. I love yeah, fundraising. Okay. That is where I get the most joy and the most, 
you know, it's going back, I think, to organising student nurse parties. Yeah. When I was But also wanted 19. to help people, which is yeah. just integral to who you yeah, are. Yeah, so I'd really like to sort of do something that has a bit more meaning. Yeah, yeah. Something that is that actually has a legacy or something that is something that I care really deeply about that I can just Yeah focus on but I will always pull a pint and I will always turn up for a shift I just yeah I'd rather not do 70 hours what has been and I need to know this now in a, in a fun way the strangest thing that's happened to you in this pub as in like you know just bizarre customer requests Bizarre suppliers, oh, bizarre. I mean, oh, gosh, I mean, I know. I remember hearing all about your chefs and the amount of chefs oh, that you get in, yeah. And this, and then you just see them stealing wine yeah. and things like that, all that kind of chefs stuff. Chefs putting wine down their trousers, yeah. Chefs yeah. drinking vodka off the top shelf. Um, awesome. Was there anything particularly weird? No weird toilet incidents. Oh, when you saying well, that, because. Poo seems to be a reoccurring <laughs> theme on this they're, podcast. They're all, it's just every day there's something that's a bit weird where you go, oh, are you for real? <laughs> um, we did have, when we first opened, um, the gents' toilets all backed up and it was um, Six Nations um, and I was the only one here and somebody came in and they're like, there's the toilet, water, the water's coming out the top of the toilet in the gents. I was like, oh. Um, and when I went in, somebody had rolled up a pair of shitty boxer shorts Stop and it. put them in the system. Just to, just to pee you off, basically. <laughs> yeah. just to which was really, really bizarre. Yeah. Um, which was vile. But easily fixed, thankfully. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Absolutely not pleasant, but no. not the worst thing I've done. Oh, that's sabotage, um, isn't it? We've had... Oh, what, we did have a really strange piece of lost property. We had oh. a wheelchair left behind. Okay. Which, I'm not quite sure whether or not they drank the beer and they were cured. But, yeah, we had a wheelchair. Or was it a drunk group that bought it? You know, well, it was like a sort I of... I think I would have remembered them. Um, and they never came back yeah, for it. So absolutely. you've now got a pub wheelchair, yeah, then? Yeah, to the charity shop. Oh. I not in, I'm not involved with that. Um, what's the... We've had... We've had some sort of supernatural weirdies. Oh, God, don't, have you? Yeah, sort of some real, like, weird things where things have fallen from a high distance or moved or we've had... We've had bells ringing in the kitchen with nobody in the kitchen. Stop it. Um, And no window open, no door? No, nothing. And I'm... I'm, How often has that happened? Well... It tends to be so. My one of my favourite favourite people, Sarah, who's not here at the minute. She's got a new job, um, but she's really in touch with everything. Like she, she feels everything. Right. She's um, got the gift. She's, she's got the gift. She has got the gift, and she is. She's like my for my scepticism. She's my belief. Yeah, because yeah. I trust her with everything. You know, she would not. Oh my gosh. She what? would not tell me these things. But she's seen a couple of figures downstairs so there's one guy that stands at the at the doorway between the um trolley bar and the long room um, and he's very friendly so that the arch that down, goes through yeah down here yeah so he's always there but he's okay. very friendly um yes. and is never aggressive to anyone there's a really naughty little girl up here right really naughty he's always causing problems right um, and that's where i think the bells and everything if it is going to be right but, but she's more up here yeah isn't she? Oh. um and then we did have one chef who sarah may absolutely believed bought a poltergeist in with her 
So we had to have the whole building cleansed and smudged. <laughs> Which for me, I was going... And did it work? Yep. Okay, so my two final questions are always, what life advice would you give your younger self? For one. Could be any version of your younger self. Could be school, I, college. I probably, I probably should say work harder, try harder, but... It's really? brought you to where you are today. Yeah. I did used to worry a lot what people thought about me. Yeah. I really did. When I was in my teenage years, yeah. everything, you, yeah, whereas... Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. Whatever now, I yeah. Think, I think I would say, actually, I would say trust your tribe. Yeah. You know, when they are your people, trust them. Yeah. Because they are the people that have your back. Yeah. And, yeah. and keep yourself surrounded by your tribe because, yeah. It's, it's really important. Yeah, it is. So would that be your... My final question is always, what life advice would you throw out into the world? And would that be... Well, we do have life advice, that, which is a bit of a, a standard mantra at home. Oh, OK. Which we say every time the boys leave home. So Ted's now at uni university. Yes, so yes. Every time he goes to university, every time Joe goes out, my life advice is don't be a dick and don't do shots. And I think it sort of covers everything. I mean, because clearly he did that life <laughs> advice. <laughs> don't be a dick, don't do shots. And yeah, my don't... new one to them, because I've realised what filthy boys are, make your bed in the morning. Yeah. That's, so three lines, yeah. make your bed, don't be a dick, and don't do shots. And do, do they do? Do they heed that advice, do you think? Not a chance. Not a chance. Not, not a chance. chance. I'd like to think that they're not dicks, but... They're not dicks. <laughs> they're not dicks. Thank you very much, Katie. Thanks, Chops. That was lovely. I'm sorry for blabbered on. You haven't. That's been perfect. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some behind-the-scenes pics and some personal profile pics, plus read about how to get started in this industry and or this role, then please go and support us on Patreon. The link is on this podcast page and across all of our socials. Sincere thanks in advance. <laughs>